I forgot we're, to we're mention that to a piece of information. Hey, hey it's, it's all good. <laughs> this is uh, this is my first time getting to, to participate in a, a real live Twitter space here. So we're all we're all learning together, and I appreciate the invitation. Thank you, guys. Cool. Well, let me kick us off here with a little intro, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll get rolling. Awesome. So, welcome back, everybody, to Founders Forge Raw. I'm Owen Good. Hosting here with me is Phil Reed. And today we are interviewing Max. Oh, I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try. Uh, Falheimer. How did I do? Pretty good. Pretty good. That'll work. Okay. All right. Sweet. Uh, today, it, Max is coming on to talk about what he's doing with Find. It's Find, right? Correct. Not, not Fiend. Okay, sweet. Uh, and we're going to just jump into it. So, Max, thanks for, thanks for hopping on, man. Yeah, Great thank to you. have you Thank here. you so much for having me. Really appreciate uh, everything that went into this. Yeah, no, it's been a long time coming. Uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, about yourself and just kind of what you're doing, and then I'll hand it over to Phil for some more some more detailed analysis. Yeah, absolutely, cool. Um, happy to uh, happy to start. Just trying to trying to figure out you know where the best place is. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm uh, 24 years old, a graduate of Northeastern University, where I studied entrepreneurship. Um, ironically, did not have designs on starting my own business day one out of college. Um, you know, kind of assumed that I would be be working for the man for a little while. Had uh, had some good connections up in Boston. Was fortunate enough to to have some really great opportunities up there. Um, working with a couple of different tech startups, and most recently, I guess, even though it's been a, a minute now in between, um, working as a sort of business model innovation analyst. They called it up at uh, Bose Corporate in, in Framingham, Massachusetts. Um, sweet which was a really interesting role kind of working in a, they referred to it as an in-house incubator within the company. So um, first time being in a cubicle, you know, but, but also first time experiencing what it's like to have the resources of, of a, a huge corporation like that. So that was, that was fascinating. Um, and I kind of assumed that that, that would be, uh, that would be life for, for a little while uh, post-grad. And then, you know, uh, I guess uh, that plan was just one more thing that was, was kind of, run over by, by COVID, as so many things were. Um, I found myself back living at home in, in the suburban, uh, you know, Philadelphia area uh, with a good bit of time on my hands and uh, really became, I, I like to use the term, radicalized um, in, in terms of, you know, what made me want to start this business when uh, I noticed how many local businesses were, were shutting down in COVID. Um, yeah. the, the, the beginning of the pandemic there, it seemed very quickly like we knew, you know, even when we didn't know what the pandemic was going to be, we didn't know how devastating it was going to be to the, the world as a whole or, or how long it was going to last. Um, but, but we seemed to have figured out very quickly as a society who it was going to hurt the most. Um, and that's when you started seeing those newspaper clippings talking about, you know, the projections, hey, by the time we're out or whatever this is, we might lose, you know, one in four, one in three, one in two independent businesses uh, nationally here in the United States and, and obviously uh, across the rest of the world, things weren't looking much better. Um, so when, when some favorite bars and restaurants of mine started closing down, I, I said, you know what, I, uh, I'd like to see what I could do to help. Uh, and that's really what this all came from. That's, that's what this all stemmed out of um, was, was my desire and, and my brilliant co-founder, Chris Shaw, who I'm sure I'll mention more than once during our conversation here uh, and his, his mutual desire to, apply our, our skill sets just to see what we could do to help the local businesses in our communities that meant so much to us. Um, and find has sort of evolved out of that question and has become our answer to that question. Um, we've been building this hand in hand for 
the better part of two years now, if you uh, want to go all the way back to the time when it was just uh, the two of us in a PowerPoint, um, really hand in hand with as many business owners as, as are willing to work with us, which we've been very fortunate enough to, to have had the input of many. Um, and we're really excited about where we are now. We're really excited about where we're going um, and the impact that we're going to be able to have on, on a lot of great businesses and a lot of amazing communities. Oh, dude, that's fantastic. Phil, take it away. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I really commend you for actually doing something uh, because it was tragic watching all of those businesses shutter during COVID and there wasn't much that any of them could even do because uh, they were, they were just forced to close. And even with the EIVL money and the PPP money, et cetera. Um, and I was on the front lines of that because I'm, I'm in lending. And so I was helping as many businesses as I could as well, just to get cash in the doors. However, it wasn't enough because they had to shut down for six months and even at six months that that's, that just kills them. So I really commend you for taking the time to figure that out. Um, so really cool, man. Can you tell me about the product and kind of what gave you the idea to specifically develop that product and, and what it does in the community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and first of all, yeah, thank you for, for the kind words and, uh, being in lending during that time period must have been, you know, a really difficult place to be, not necessarily from a business standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint. I mean, you know, like you said, there's only so much you can do. And, and that's really like, you know, why, why we set out to build something, um, you know, and I'm happy to talk about what the product does. And, and if we have time, I think it's, this might be an interesting place to talk about. It. I think it's a really interesting journey from, you know, our original idea to, to where we are now, um, so I won't spend too much time because I, I know we have a line of questioning to get through here, but um, to, to add a little bit of color to it, um, like I said, we started out with just a very simple question of what can we do to help, you know, the little guys level the playing field? Um, because we knew that the big chains and the big restaurant groups were, were still going to be standing at the end of this. Um, so we wanted to kind of take the approach of identifying what advantages that big businesses had outside of just, you know, an abundance of capital and, and the ability to financially weather the storm you know, what, what made them so much more able to, to survive in difficult climates than, than the little guys, which obviously there's a lot of answers to that question, right? Um, but the big one that we settled on after, after talking to business owners for a couple months was their ability to leverage technology. Um, that was one huge discrepancy that we saw between large businesses and small businesses in the food, beverage, and entertainment space. Um, we saw chain restaurants, you know, investing millions and millions of dollars into mobile, um, into apps for not only promotion, but also customer retention. Um, whereas, you know, if you own Joe's Bar on the corner, um, you might, you know, yourself have, if, if you know, you're based in Philadelphia, where I am, you might have the Wawa app on your phone. If you're anywhere in the country, you might have the Starbucks app on your phone. Um, you know, you might have a couple of those, but you would never think about building one for your business because not only do you not have the 20, 30 grand sitting around to, to build your own mobile app to compete, but also your value proposition as, as a single location, maybe one to five location business is, is so much weaker than those national brands that have, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of, of locations that can just bring value to, to all of their customers at all of their locations through one single download. Um, so we really wanted to, to kind of set out to build an app that kind of became the app for local bars and restaurants and, and entertainment venues. Um, you know, they gave them all the advantages of, of having their own mobile app, um, you know, but by acting as an aggregator could present a much stronger value proposition to 
the everyday consumer um, by saying to them, hey, you know, you're going to download that Starbucks app, not only because it's going to alert you to what's going on at Starbucks, the new deals, the new drinks, the new offerings, but also because every time you make a purchase there, you're going to get rewarded. Um, you know, they're going to they're going to make you feel appreciated as a customer in ways that local businesses can still do. Um, you know, I, there's a local coffee shop, coffee shop around the corner that occasionally will, will see me or see other people and I'll see them, you know, giving out free drinks or, you know, a slightly larger size or something like that. Just just to make people feel appreciated and, and show a little bit of gratitude for their patronage. Um, but there really was no system in place for them to try and make everybody feel appreciated the way that large businesses can, thanks to their ability to leverage technology. So we kind of set out to to become a loyalty program aggregation platform. Um, that was our original idea. And we built that. Um, we talked to businesses. They said it was a good idea. Um, we went out there and, and we built it. We were integrated with Plaid, um, which is a, a third-party API that uh, huge players in the space like Venmo and Robinhood and Coinbase use to allow users to link their bank accounts to apps, which essentially, without going too much into the weeds, gave us the ability to track where our users were spending money once they'd given us that permission, um, which let us have a really, really seamless experience to offer them at all these local businesses. Um, they could walk into Joe's Bar, they could spend $25, we could register that purchase on our end and give them 25 points and allow Joe's Bar to offer rewards to those customers. Um, in a way that they weren't able to now, that was sort of all-encompassing and, and in a way that their customers now felt that every purchase would be rewarded like they are at big businesses. Um, the interesting part about it was that even though we built it, uh, we then went out to sell it, and we found out the businesses didn't want it as badly as they told us they did. Um, you know, we had built this, this, what we thought was this state-of-the-art frictionless customer retention engine, which is, you know, a really buzzword-filled way of, of, of saying what I just described. Um, and we went to them and we said, hey, we can help you capture customers and bring them back again and again and again. And probably about 85 to 90 percent of business owners said, I don't need your help getting the sixth visit. Um, my quality and, and my service are so good. I need your help getting the first visit. I need your help getting new people in the door because I can keep them coming back on my own. That's what we do. Um, that's what we do better than chain restaurants. And I said, OK. Um, so how can we do that? And they said, well, we have all these things going on here and we spend so much time nowadays on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and whatnot, trying to grow an audience, something that they're not, you know, really trained in, in how to do. Um, and, and we just want to tell people what we have going on, because at the moment, there's really no conduit that we feel lets us do that effectively. Um, and we said, OK, you know, we can become that. Um, we can be that. And that's uh, now that we've launched, we are on the App Store. I guess I should have shamelessly plugged that sooner. Um, go ahead and type find, F-Y-N-D, on, uh, on the Apple App Store and, and uh, check us out. We're, we're more than happy to, uh, to try and serve you here in Philadelphia at the moment and hopefully to be in other cities soon. Um, but now that we're live, you know, that's, that's what we've launched as. We are, as I like to put it, the world's first aggregation platform for fun. Um, all the things going on at local businesses, that they want you to know about, that you want to know about, but but there's just nowhere to connect those two groups of people. Um, that's that's the role that we play in people's lives. Um, happy hours, drink specials, food specials, live music, bingo, trivia, karaoke, etc. Um, we're trying to create a world where you you really only have to be bored if you want to be, you know. Interesting. So it it almost evolved into a very very consumer centric uh, marketing app. In a sense, absolutely, yeah. I cool. think that's a very, very fair way of putting it. 
Yeah, so so this would be for all the, the bored people out there that just want to figure out what's going on. And so they would log into this app, and it, it sounds like what it is is that the the businesses that are also on the app would post their events in their specials. Is that basically what it is? Correct. Yep. We've built uh, the whole the whole mobile experience is supported by our, our web-based, uh, we're calling it a, a business portal or a merchant portal um, that we built from scratch, allows them to go on and post their events. Um, tag them as to what type of event they are. Is it a food or drink special? Is it, you know, uh, a, a live music event, um, concert, comedy, etc., um, which allows us to present those things to our users at the at the press of a button, and, and means that for our users, that information is coming straight from the source. It's always going to be accurate. Yeah, for sure. Now, as far as vision goes here, would you want to integrate this with other social media platforms, or would this be more as a standalone long term? Um, you know, I think there's always room for integration, um, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, marketing platforms like us. You know, at, at the end of the day, we do our job when we're exposing our, our businesses to as many people as possible. Um, so, you know, right now we, we are sort of a standalone. Um, you know, we built in sharing integration. So if somebody wants to, to share something they find on fine, no pun intended, um, we make it pretty easy to, for them to put that on their socials. Um, I think our roadmap has a couple interesting things on it that we'd like to add down the road to try and encourage more cross-platform engagement. Um, but at the moment, it, it is sort of existing in a standalone uh, capacity. But at the end of the day, anything we can do to bring more eyeballs to our businesses, that's what we're going to do. Got it. What are you doing to get the consumer interested in this product? Um, at the moment, you know, one of the advantages that we have, I mean, building a, a two-sided platform like this uh, is something that I wish I wish someone had told me, not that it would have stopped me before I'd gotten into this line of work. You know, when you build a two-sided platform, it comes with, with almost twice the work, right? Um, you know, everything feels like a chicken-egg problem. You need businesses to get consumers. You need consumers to get businesses. Um, and, and figuring out how to, how to crack that is really the key to all of this. Um, but one of the advantages that we have and, and something that we've begun to leverage in, uh, in the couple of weeks that we've been on the App Store now already is the fact that we present, you know, it's a real win-win for us and our businesses. Um, you know, like I said, we do well when they do well. Our job is to bring people to them, and, and that's, that's when we're successful, and that's when they like us. Um, so, you know, we are leveraging their social media reach, um, their existing followings, and, and sort of creating content for them to post on their socials saying, hey, um, you know, you follow us here for a reason, you're interested in what's going on, um, but here's, you know, one place where there, this, is, this is not our Instagram feed, this is a place where it's designed to show you what's happening here. You know, you don't have to click on our Instagram story and scroll through to find out what time trivia night is or, you know, uh, worry about keeping up with all the latest posts and whether or not you missed something. You know, if you want to find out what's going on here, here's a one-stop shop place where you will never miss anything ever again. You know it's going to be there. You know where it's going to be. You know how to find it. Um, and businesses have been really excited about that because it streamlines the whole process of, of that information sharing and, and makes it easier for people to find out what's happening there, which is something that, that they'd like to have out into the world. Um, so we're allowing them to post on our behalf. Um, we're posting, you know, sort of things that, that you know, got to hype them up. Um, and we've been creating content for them to post to encourage their followers to, to download ours and, and leveraging that reach has really been uh, our, our first acquisition strategy before we move into anything paid. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Um, what's been the biggest obstacle when you're pitching a business? You, you, do they have certain things that they always say like, ah, oh, we don't really need this? Like, what, what, what's the thing that they always say that you have to overcome on the front end of the sales cycle? 
Yeah, it's it's a really good question, and you know I, I'm going to take a moment to gather my thoughts here, only because there are there are several possible answers to that. Um, you know, I, I think one of the fun things about building this business uh, is that when I explain it to somebody, um, people tend to say, "Oh, well, that makes sense. I, I can't believe something like that doesn't exist already." You know, I mean, it's 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 pretty simple. We we want to know what's going on places, and places want us to know what's going on. Um, and I think that the, the biggest reason why something like this doesn't exist is because of the people that it relies on. Um, you know, business owners today in, in America are some of the busiest people I've ever met, um, you know, becoming in, engrossed in their world and, and, you know, learning to work with them um, and work around their schedules is, is something that took a little bit of an adjustment as somebody who's never personally worked in the industry myself. Um, you know, I'm now fortunate enough to, to call many people in the industry friends. Um, you know, so, so I've definitely come to understand their way of life, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a time thing for them. You know, I, I like to compare it to, uh, when you were back in grade school, you know, sometimes you didn't quite have enough time to get all your homework done in one night. So you had to prioritize. Um, but of course the one class you didn't get the homework done for, that's the teacher that says, oh, well, my homework was the most important homework, you know, and I try not to have that mindset. I try not to, to, you know, pretend that, the top priority for me, which would be them managing their account, posting to their account, um, you know, signing up for an account, even after they've expressed interest in doing so, it's not necessarily the top priority for them. They're, they're looking to make sure that their orders are coming in on time. They have enough inventory for the upcoming week. Um, you know, they're, they're getting their new hires in, getting them trained. Everybody's showing up on time when they're supposed to for their shifts. They have so many things going on, especially in today's economic climate, um, that it's not always the first thing on the top of their mind to be, be posting to this new platform. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, I'll get a verbal commitment from a business owner um, or from a manager or something like that. And just the amount of follow up it takes to get that follow through, um, even when they are legitimately interested, it, it can be a little bit of a grind sometimes. Um, I mean, what we're doing for them and especially at the cost that we're doing it at right now um, is, is really advantageous for them at scale. Uh, but getting to that scale where where we do become more of a priority like they are prioritizing Instagram and Facebook and things like that right now, um, I think is, is going to be a little bit of an uphill battle just because their time comes at such a premium. Yeah, for sure. Are, are you seeing this as advantageous currently to the businesses? Do you, do you think that you have enough consumers on the platform in that immediate area? Um, you know, in the immediate area, we, we launched uh, July 1st was our, our official launch. So we've been out for about two weeks now. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Weeks, I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah, we're we're very very young. Um, Got it. You know, we have a couple hundred downloads. Um, almost every zip code starts with one nine something, which is either Philadelphia or the surrounding area. Um, so you know, it's it's not to the point where I think we can really promise. You know, this is going to be life changing. You're going to get you know hundreds of thousands of or, or you know massive amounts of impressions. Um, but I think that you know another one of the advantages of working with small businesses is that they understand what it takes to build something from the ground up and that these things do take time and it's a process, um, you know, and, and they've been fairly forgiving of that. And that hasn't been nearly as much of a, a hurdle or a roadblock as, as we might've assumed that it was going to be. Um, you know, we're working particularly in one area in Philadelphia right now, Fishtown. Um, if anybody's familiar with the city out there, it's uh, widely considered, I'd say one of the hottest neighborhoods in the city. Um, and we have really good density here business-wise. Um, so once we once we continue to acquire more and more consumers, I think this is going to snowball a little bit. Um, but at the moment, we're, we've been fortunate to have them understand that, that we are kind of 
starting right now, but uh, a few hundred downloads in a couple of weeks, I think is, is a decent pace for, for where we are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the way I see it too, from a consumer standpoint is that it sounds like an excellent product, especially for post pandemic when people are trying to figure out, well, what do I actually enjoy after being shuttered in their home for two years? Uh, I think it's coming at a really apt time to launch this. Thank you. I, I hope I hope you're right. I actually got to use it myself for the first time yesterday, which was a really cool moment. Um, I had a friend stop by my place uh, kind of unexpectedly asking if we wanted to grab some dinner. So we went out and, and we got some tacos. And I said, do you want to do something later? He said, sure. Uh, what do you have in mind? I said, I don't know. Let me see what's going on. So I, I opened up uh, I opened up the Find app. I, uh, I clicked on, you know, yesterday's date. The, the 13th on Wednesday, I saw that Myers Brewing Company there on Gerard Avenue was having a bingo night. Um, I said, hey, you want to go to bingo? He said, sure. We went over, played some bingo, had a good time. I won 100 bucks, coincidentally. Um, <laughs> but we, we were going to have a good time anyway. <laughs> that certainly didn't hurt. Um, and he's like, man, so like this is kind of what your app does. I said, yeah, I guess so. Um, and it was, it was a little bit of a surreal moment that I wasn't expecting to have yesterday. Um, but that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so did you That's enjoy awesome. using your own app? I, I did. Um, I did. And, and I was really kind of nervous about that because, uh, you know, sometimes I, I tend to be overly critical. I mean, I come from a background of, of product management um, where, you know, when I use somebody else's app, it tends to be in the early stages, whether I know the person or not. I'm like, I'm always picking it apart. And, you know, even in my head, even if I'm not saying it, um, I, it's, it's so hard to, to get these things right from the beginning. And, and by no means is our app perfect. Um, you know, we're going to continue to learn and grow as a team. Um, and, and improve the product every day. You know, it's already improved since launch on the first, you know, markedly. Um, and so we're going to continue hopefully on that pace. But uh, I, I did enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, I think that's a really good bridge into questions from anyone listening. Um, guys, do you have any questions for Max? I'm an open book. I'm always curious on the uh, on the development side of stuff, like how how you're doing uh, the development on your app. Are you are you doing that yourself, or you have somebody else doing, or what's that process and what's that experience been like? Yeah, no, good good question. Um, thanks, Owen. So I don't code. Um, I try to do everything else. Um, not that I'm necessarily yeah. qualified to do everything else, but you know that's the beauty of startups. Nobody's. Uh, Nobody on our team is fully qualified to do everything that they're doing from a conventional right, standpoint. Right. None of us um, are. Right. And we're all learning on the fly. And I'm, I'm really fortunate to be surrounded and, and to have attracted some really great people. Um, so my co-founder, Chris Shaw, um, is an old friend of mine, uh, Westchester University grad, who is now a senior engineer up at HubSpot in, uh, in Cambridge, oh, working dude, for them. Awesome. Yeah. So he, he is, I mean, he is an absolute rock star, um, just, just the exact type of person that you'd want to be doing something like this with, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting, he and I are slacking back and forth at, at three in the morning and just, just, just pounding things out, um, on, on almost a, a nightly, if not weekly basis, even when things are slow. Um, he's just, he's just an absolute gem of a, of a person, of a co-founder. And, and of course, as an engineer, um, we also have one other part-time engineer working for us. Uh, his name's Matt also living up in Cambridge at the moment. And uh, our marketing lead is, is here in Philly with me, uh, Smirthy Shah, who's been running all our social and um, is getting ready to really ramp up her efforts now that, uh, now that we're officially out in the world. So we have a, a really, really solid team. Um, and that's, I can't take credit for, you know, full credit for everything that, that we are. 
um, everything that we will be because, you know, there's absolutely no way that I could have done this alone. Anybody out there who's ever been a solo founder, I applaud you. Um, Same. You know, I, I have no idea how that's humanly possible Same. Um, because I'm not sure it is. I think you have to be superhuman to pull that off. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been great working with, with the people that we've gotten to work with and uh, looking forward to, you know, continue to expanding the team one day. Dude, that's, that's really, really cool. Uh, and apologies if you guys covered this, but I, what's next? Uh, are you looking for funding? Like how are you ex- expanding? Like what's on the, what's on the near midterm horizon? Yeah, no, another good question. Um, what's next? You know, it's tricky because not only are we building a two-sided platform, but, but our value proposition to a user is really so dependent on geographic density. Right. Um, you know, so, so we, we really kind of are, are almost forced to do this in a very niche way. Um, from a growth standpoint, where we're, we're starting here in the lower northeast of Philadelphia and Fishtown, um, you know, we're having con- we have an excellent relationship with the Fishtown Business Improvement District, um, who's actually become our first paying customer. Um, they are covering the cost for every Fishtown business that registers with Find, um, which has been an amazing, amazing thing to work with them. They're great people, and, and they really have the best interests of the businesses here at heart. Um, so, you know, in a similar vein, we're, we're currently, you know, working to have conversations with Northern Liberties, with East Passyunk, with Old City, with Center City, um, you know, as, as we kind of try and work our way through Philadelphia using these umbrella organizations, uh, business improvement districts, chambers of commerce, um, you know, corporate development corridors. These are the types of, of organizations that we're looking to speak with right now as we continue to expand, you know, in a very kind of niche way. Um, throughout the city of, of Philadelphia. Um, so what's next for us? I mean, B2B acquisition is, is always going to be important. Um, sure. And it's always going to be a grind in this industry for reasons sure. that I've already stated. Um, you know, that I think, uh, again, is the chief reason that something like this has yet to take off, has yet to exist at scale. Um, you know, we have our own hypotheses as to, to how we can solve that problem, some of which I just laid out. Right. Um, and, you know, once we once we continue to, to increase, you know, on the B2C side, I think that's where the real bargaining power comes in um, as far as being able to raise capital, because that is something that we're going to need to do um, certainly within the next 12 months, if not sooner. Uh, we do have a little bit of money in the bank right now from our, our, our founder round. We are completely bootstrapped to date oh, um, and, and, and we'll okay. be making. Thank you. Thank you. Um, certainly, to. certainly hasn't been the fastest uh, path to market. Um, you know, I, I think we kind of took our time and, and made sure that we were going to get this right. Um, but I'm really happy with where we've ended up and I'm really happy with, with the way that we've been able to do it and to do it on our terms to date has been great. Um, but you know, building something like this, the value is at scale and, and acquiring users as we've learned is a very expensive hobby. Um, so, you know, the way I see it right now, we're, uh, we're, we're sort of spending what we have very slowly in a very controlled manner. Um, you know, like I said, we just launched, we're, we're starting to experiment with some different marketing strategies, channels, verticals, we're trying to figure out what works for us. Um, so we can really nail down, you know, what is our cost to acquire on, on the user side. Um, and, and when we do need to raise to be able to go and raise that capital in a way that's, that's very scientific, you know, and say, Hey, you know, we've, we've tested these strategies. We know where the winners are for us. We know where this resonates and who this resonates with. Um, and we know how many users we need to, to really, springboard this into into something larger and, and continue to expand so that's that's sort of how we're going to target our raise um, totally. with the amount you know 
whatever that amount ends up being to give us right. the runway we need to acquire those users. Yeah. So, so I am curious, and disclaimer, I, I am not from the Northeast, although I've been up there many, many times. Uh, but just on the surface, I had your point about the density being like one of the one of the key metrics that you're tracking in a market and the population density. Like, I gotta ask, like, what about New York? Like, are, it's you're close and you're not in New York, but it it seems on the surface that that would just be the target market for something like this. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is on our radar. Um, I mean, it'd be it'd be crazy if it wasn't, right? Um, right, and I, right. And I, have... well, I, and I guess to to clarify on that, I, that's more like, are you planning on implementing, like taking advantage of that density as something that's very, very early stage, or are you going to try and grow out through a like funded sustainable model inside of Philadelphia alone? If that's just to add some meat onto that. No, I, I appreciate that. Thanks for the clarification. Um, I think it's it's something that you know, will largely be determined by our, the timing of our raise and our ability to raise. Um, I had a really interesting conversation with somebody last week, for example, um, who I came in contact with on a Zoom call. Um, I was doing some, some startup mentoring here in Philadelphia, and he said, hey, I, uh, I, I live just outside of Detroit. Um, I have a lot of connections in the city government here. I think that this app could really help, you know, fight the stereotype of there's nothing to do in Detroit, you know, and he, right. he said, I, I'd love to help you make some introductions to the city government here because they might be really interested in using something like this to tell Detroit's story is, is how he put it. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, which B, is, to, B to G is a, is kind of a fun, almost a cheat code and <laughs> accessing a lot of stuff. Yeah, and, and you know we haven't had those conversations yet because that was only a couple of days ago. But but man, I would love to to have that conversation. The only thing you know that would scare me when it comes to expanding to another city, and, and the same would be true for New York because you're right. You know, there's so much potential in New York for this to be really really fertile ground for for something that we're doing. I mean, the key metrics for us when deciding where to launch were you know number of restaurants per capita and and percentage of restaurants that were chains. Um, since we're not particularly, you know, interested in in seeing, you know, the McDonald's of the world on here necessarily, um, you know, and that's that's not our niche, and and Philadelphia ranked really highly in in both of those categories, um, as did cities like Boston, Providence, Massachusetts, New York, D.C., San Francisco, um, but the proximity to Philadelphia and the connections that we had here made it uh, a good good made it make sense as a beachhead. Um, the only thing that I'd be concerned about when it comes to moving to another city would be on the marketing standpoint, on the B2C acquisition right. standpoint, right. because of the nature of, of, you know, we need to acquire a lot of businesses, and a lot of users in one place. You know, it's almost like if we went to Detroit or if we went to New York, now our limited budget for B2C acquisition is being split in two places, um, exactly. which would, yeah, which would scare me. Where your focus is going to be. Right. No, that totally makes sense. Um, well, Max, we're, we're about out of time here, uh, but thank you so much for hopping on today, and thank you to Phil, as always, for co-hosting, and uh, thanks to everybody else for being here and just being part of this. Uh, to our audience, thanks for, thanks for listening, as always. Follow us on Twitter, and uh, we will be here again next week. Uh, links to find and everything else relevant is, will be in the show notes, and we'll talk to you all again soon. All right. Thanks, everybody. Love that. Thank you, guys. And please do follow Founders Forge on, on all forms of social media. These guys are awesome. They're great people, and they put out great content. Um, I'll be looking forward to, to tuning in in the future.